Yeah, I just, I I find it. I think it's a a bridge that maybe people don't think about it, but I know that like I know you think about it. Yeah, and I know that like I've thought about it because like Jack loves Halloween. Yeah, right. Which and I'm like, okay, like I want you to be a kid. But it's the same thing of, like, even Santa Claus on Christmas, right? Right. Like, it, it's the same type of conversation in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I mean, so, and I actually use it as a somewhat of a teaching tool for the Lord's Prayer because uh, the word hallowed, yeah. like, no one ever uses it anymore. Um, no, the, but it's the main petition of the Lord's Prayer. Right. And it is. There's a book it, coming out on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually. Uh, eventually. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, because then, then the kids can go, well, you know, all right, wh- where's this, you know, what does this word mean? And I was like, well, you actually know it, um, but you probably don't know it in the right context. There's a holiday you celebrate every year mm-hmm. called Halloween, and that's just yeah. a an, a shortened Anglo- Anglicization, Anglo- Anglicizing of hallows eve all hallows eve and so then we start to get into okay so hallows has to be has to do with holy that's where this all comes from so yeah i mean i i I think that it is a uh i I think again it's with with so much of the stuff that we talk about is discernment you know what is it you guard your kids hearts and minds and there are some things that yeah you you need to tell them about and prepare them for um, there are some things, well, and, and this also talks to our, our culture talk of, you know, there are some things that we can actually redeem or that yep. the culture is taken away from us and that we should, we should claim back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I think that Halloween falls, falls into that. And I think, yeah, I, I enjoy the celebrations of it. Um, to an extent there are, a, and I don't know, did you happen to watch the sermon? I have not the, yet. I need so, to. So it'd be the first thing that I put on as soon as we're done here because I got yeah. some work to do. So I I I bring up that up like because there's there's this one house here in town that has like a devil climbing out of the house like it's a big inflatable devil and it's like okay that's that's a little much but I'm not a huge fan of the holiday itself um, and as I've explained to people I'm not. I don't, I don't, maybe this is like an ultimate, like, Jesus juke, right? But I'm not in the business of celebrating evil. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's, that doesn't mean that everybody who celebrates Halloween is celebrating evil. I get, like, my kid's yeah. dressing up as an octopus. That's not <laughs> evil, right? Right. Um... But to your point, right, when you start to decorate and you start to have those kind of decorations, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, what What kind of fire are we playing with? Right. I, I And maybe uh, it goes back it... to, you know, the, and, and we, I think we've talked about this previously, but when I was a youth pastor and single, I was very much, I felt, um, within the realm of a ton of spiritual warfare Mm -hmm. consistently going on to the point where I was like an insomniac for months at a time, like just would lay in bed, could not sleep. Yeah. There was always like, 
And I just have, like, since that time in my life, I just have never been, like, one to say, here, evil, here's the open door, please come and and attack me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's a personal stance that's publicly being expressed. I just am not a huge fan of it. And then as I study and read, oh, <laughs> this is the same day that the Reformation happened. Well, right. Like, that's why I would not let you get the, oh, wait a minute, it's the Reformation <laughs> Day, because, yeah. like, that's my joke at church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. For the non-Reformed Lutheran people yeah. at my Baptist church, I go, hey, uh-uh, this is Reformation Day. Right. Right? Um, and so I, I think that that's an interesting question that we should, can talk about is, like, should we celebrate Halloween, or is there a way to redeem it? And and make yeah. the Reformation relevant because yeah. well, I don't know and, we've got and, a lot to talk and, about. And Are this, you ready? I, I've got a story about this for that. So, yeah, yeah, good because I love that shirt. <laughs> I mean, anytime we can combine theology and Jay Z, I'm down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for those listening on Apple and Spotify, Coleman has a shirt that has Martin Luther on it and a caption as if it's a comic that says. I've got 95 problems, but Romans ate one. And it's a fantastic shirt. We both loved it when it was gifted to him at one of our drill weekends when we worked together. And I've legitimately thought about that shirt just randomly throughout the last few years. Yeah. Just like it's popped in my mind. Like I got 95 problems, but Romans ate one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. You ready? Here we go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Two Chaps Pod. This is going to be a special podcast because we are on the brink of a well-known holiday. (laughs) Right. And our schedule is going to actually, what is posted in the podcast is going to be what's thrown up on YouTube, because you, you, I'm sure, have noticed there have been some delays between what goes on the podcast and what comes out on YouTube, but not this week. Not this week, because this week, we are celebrating both the Lutheran pastor, Coleman Tracy, and the Reformed formed in a way Baptist who deeply respects Martin Luther have a celebration coming up on Tuesday. Yes, you may call it Halloween, <laughs> but we call it Reformation Day. Reformation Day. Reformation right. Day is October 31st, 506 years ago, Martin Luther nailed that 95 theses to the Wittenberg Castle and said... Here's my issue with the Catholic Church. (laughs) (laughs) And so we want to talk about that tonight. We want to talk a little bit about that history and specifically two questions that the Reformation was really trying to get nailed down and how relevant that event that happened so long ago still is today. But I want to start by asking this question, and it has to do with the other name for this day that we're not really big fans of. But we'll call it anyways. Like Halloween. I know it can be a question for some parents as they're raising their kids and trying to instruct them in the ways of the Lord. Like, should Christians celebrate Halloween? 
it's it's a great question and it is one that that each family um will have to wrestle with honestly and each uh you know in each congregation uh the families there uh wrestle with it and there is it is just like with anything in the world there is a sense of it's part of god's creation but as as you have mentioned previous podcasts is this something we reject is this something we redeem or and i forget your other there's a third category receive receive yeah um and so there's there there's questions of you know to what extent do we uh do each of those uh, relative to this holiday uh or this you know and, and and it really was actually you go back far enough it was a holy day um where we get the word holiday all hallows eve uh was what became what we know today as halloween and it was called that because kind of going off of the the jewish understanding of time the day began in the evening you mm-hmm. go back to genesis our favorite uh place to go we with can't anything do a podcast without mentioning genesis right yeah uh you know god makes actually the evening and then the morning mm-hmm. and then it's the first day so the day always began in the evening so for holy days it was the evening that was the the time of preparation for the celebration which would happen the next day um usually and and the 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 holiday that i'm referring to if you've never heard of this is november 1st it's called all saints day what is what's known today as all saints day but the other word for that uh was all hallows day and hallow the h a l l o w is a word that really all it means is holy ones or holy mm-hmm. things um, when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be thy name, we're asking God's name to be holy, to be kept holy among us, um, and that we would glorify it for, its, for it being holy. So you had All Hallows Day, which the church remembers all the, the saints, all of those who have been made holy by the blood of Christ. Uh, in fact, it, it's one of my favorite, uh, because we observe it on the Sunday after, one of my favorite services in the church year because the hymns are so beautiful and the picture it's always the reading from revelation of the 144,000 and then the the myriads of people that are gathered around the throne from every tribe tongue and language it is such a beautiful picture of hope and just we're, we're longing for that day so but that was that was what was celebrated all hallows day all saints day so the eve before was a, a time of preparation for that and but that as that that those uh, kind of traditions and that those celebrations continued on it, it kind of morphed from simply okay we're preparing uh to celebrate all the holy ones and we would do this by uh you know kind of getting rid of as best we could or trying to to put at bay all the evil things well some of those things got kind of mixed up um there are also some other you know other pagan rituals that in in other cultures that came around the same time kind of mixed in with that and ultimately end up getting this what we have today our modern halloween uh which is you know again that's it's a hard one to 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 navigate because there are certain elements of it that again it comes from christian roots so it's it's like it belongs to us it's something that we should take back at the same time the way 
it's portrayed in popular media and just in the lifestyle of, of many people now mm-hmm. it is a a, a a celebration of really of, well like you said of, of, of evil and debauchery and just you know it's a a very frustrating thing to think about that this is what ha- has become of what used to be a very reverent holy day well and according to one thing that I read when we were preparing for this, there could be, take this with a grain of salt, but this is like a throwing out the baby with the bathwater situation. And the Reformation, to a certain extent, could have something to do with that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, From what I read, like in the distancing of themselves from the Catholic Church, there were a lot of Protestant groups that decided we will not venerate the saints. Yeah. And so, because, and it's interesting that that that, uh, gets brought up because I was actually talking to my men about this in the Bible study, oh, last week. And um, because it's something we're going to talk about later about personal reformation and and the need for it. But Mm -hmm. um, I had asked them, do you know what November 1st is? And they're like, no. (laughs) And I was like, it's called all saints day and they're like what i ain't never and i'm like oh my gosh like you baptist you had yeah. to be like the protestant of the protestant right like the right. protestant of the protestant um but i explained to him like hey like let's think about this like we are called saints so like technically november 1st is our day right like that's what we're celebrating so exactly. it's not a bad thing even though the catholics have their saints like right. you're a saint Two, that's what you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and he no longer calls you enemy, but saint, right? Like, no longer sinner, but saint, right? And we sing songs like, when the saints go marching in. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. For crying out loud. So it's like, so I was explaining this to them, and it was like this light bulb moment, but it it feels like the the reason why it ends up getting co-opted, and there's like all this, well, I mean, Culture is going to ruin everything anyways, right? That's why we are uncultured and we need to stay uncultured. But at the same time, like not understanding the reasoning and being informed on the purpose of what All Hallows Eve was to begin with has led us to this misunderstanding of really this entire time that we are um, embarking upon because it was back in the 8th century that All Saints Day from the Pope was put out and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Catholic church, bad. We are not the Catholic church. So we won't observe it. And, and that's dangerous in its own right. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and and that is actually a perfect tie into when we talk about the reformation. Um, See how I set you up like that. Yeah. That's really good. Um, because yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about, well, well, we'll just bring it up now. Okay. So yeah, we call October 31st Reformation Day because this was when Luther nailed uh, his 95 theses to, uh, they, they say the church door at Wittenberg. So Wittenberg uh, Castle, it, was it not? Well, well, we're not really sure, honestly, because one, the original burned down. Um, okay. Two, it was it was to spark debate, and that's what, nine, that's what theses are. Um, and so, you know, was it actually the church door? Was it a... a post outside the church like a, st- a sign like a public square sign or something you know we, we're not we're not 100 percent sure on that uh but it's well, easy it, it's it's easy to to draw and to meme luther nailing it on the door correct. Uh, of the church so. 
But the other thing too is, and I think that this might be something that maybe not a lot of people that don't have or haven't really looked at the Reformation, but it was something that someone who we have, well, you had him in college, and then you have introduced me to him, and I deeply respect him from what I've uh, heard. But he says, we, Dr. Joel Bierman says, we kind of paint this as this like really rebellious moment. Right. But it really wasn't because the no. church door or the Wittenberg Castle door, wherever he nailed it to, that was like the bulletin board for the community. Correct. And exactly. so what Luther was doing was posting these up here saying, this is the conclusions that I have drawn in my issues with what's being taught in the church at large, and was really trying to engage the academics of that day Correct. to spark, like you said, debate. So I want to make sure that we come at it with that clear understanding yeah. um, to make sure that those that are listening to us understand, like, it's painted in the cinematic and Hollywood world that he's yeah. in the rain and trudging up to the steps and pounding <laughs> right. it on the door. But this was more of Luther saying, here's, Let's, I mean, ultimately yeah. he says, here's where I stand, right? right. And let and let's debate about yeah. this because we're missing something. Right. But that, that here I stand to, moment doesn't come until later, you know, four years later. Correct. Um, and yeah, it was, it was in, and he, he did it on, all Hallows Eve, because he knew that the next day, uh, All Saints Day, there would be the priest and, and the local academics, the ones who could read Latin. That's the other thing is that they're written in Latin, so it wasn't the common language. Um, but that they would take notice of it, and that this would be, uh, they would set up something to have this, you know, discussion about mm -hmm. these issues. Well, what ends up happening somewhere, and and, and again, this kind of gets you know. Uh, maybe glamorized. Someone got a copy of it and then started distributing it, and it was it kind of uh, it's like one of those maybe like today a modern like somebody tweets something and they go ah wait a second and they try to delete it but somebody's gotten a screenshot of it and then just yep. blown up everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's there with without that negative connotation that's kind of what happens uh, with the ninety five theses. But um, and and the other thing I, I learned this when I was in seminary. Actually, the month prior, he put up ninety-seven theses on something different. So that, it was just Luther was 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 very much wanting to uh, engage these topics because uh, it, it ultimately, and this is what, and the other thing to realize is, Do Luther, you know, what that reminds me of what's that? The line in Hamilton where him and Burr are going back and forth, and he goes, "Here's an itemized list of thirty-seven <laughs> years of disagreements." Right. <laughs> And Bird goes, oh man, <laughs> right? Like it just—it seems like Luther. I mean, obviously, very intelligent person. Yeah. Somebody who, um, I mean, he was. I mean, we would obviously believe that he was put here for a specific purpose, oh, and yeah. and and that purpose was the Reformation. Yeah. He just had stuff to say. Yeah. Consistently. Well, yeah, and and. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to something before we got on here, and one of the the guys mentioned that Luther had something published every two weeks. Golly, uh, like I envy was him. Was written and and yeah, and I I don't know. There's some stat or something like of people people in the world, people in history, things that have been written about Jesus Christ is number one, um, and Luther is like number two or three because of. Everything that he produced, and then everything that was commented on. 
So another you know. another line from Hamilton pops to mind. <laughs> Why do you write like you're running out of time? <laughs> Why do you write <laughs> every uh, day and night? Oh man. Anyways, must continue. be nice. Sorry for my must, distraction. Must be nice. I yeah. I have Luther on your side now. Um, yeah. <laughs> so nice. and the other thing to, to keep in mind well here. Done. Keep in well mind done. here too. Thank you. I got it. Yeah. I got it. The other thing to keep in mind here, too, is that Luther is not at his full maturity in terms of the gospel. Like, And that, that is one of my apprehensions about celebrating Reformation Day. I, I think it's a wonderful thing. It is, and it was and it was not. It was actually uh, kind of first thought of and brought about while Luther was still alive. Um, but the... The thing is, is that his thought matures over the next 10 years. Uh, and, and really, when you when you kind of want to talk about prime Luther and and what becomes prime Lutheran thought, you almost you actually have to go to 1530 for that. But that's that's kind of a, a, a different discussion. And I bring so, that up because the, the 95 theses, if you read through it, like there are some that are good and there are some that are pointing out things that are like this is absolutely like. We need to answer these questions. But then there are also, he's still very much a Catholic monk at that time. Mm-hmm. He he is not wanting to overthrow the Pope or anything like that. He's not even really wanting to get rid of the uh, the type of practices that are going on. Uh, he's just wondering, you know, why why if the Church can give out forgiveness, why have we moved to these indulgences as part of the, the problem? But of course. You go after somebody's money, you're going to get in uh, as, uh, since we're going with pop culture references, as Puff Daddy and the Notorious B.I.G. said, <laughs> mo money, mo problems. Yeah. So, well, and, th- those are, I, and by the way, those are not endorsements of any of these things. These are just. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, but but here's, what I, here's what I appreciate the most about Luther, even if, you know, his prime years were 13 years after the, the, um, the 95 theses and the reformation day you you could you could almost hypothesize that there are people that would question the 95 theses going you don't love the church in the same yeah. way that people nowadays would say you don't love america yeah when somebody <laughs> says something's wrong with it right yeah and and luther said there was something wrong with the way that the church was practicing yep. and you could almost hypothesize that people are going you don't love the church it, it's not a matter of not loving the church necessarily it's understanding that when the church is not following what scripture is supposed to be doing there is change right. that has got to be made right which leads to and and this is where we're going to talk for the rest of the time really but you know the reformation had two really big issues yeah. the issue of authority and the issue of salvation yes and and it was who is in authority and how is salvation given? Yeah. Those are the two questions that Luther was really posing in a lot of ways. Yeah. And as we will see later, it's still questions that we have got to answer today. Yeah. Yeah. So the Reformation, while it happened and it started in 1517, in 2023, it should be alive and well. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and that is, so to, to kind of give a little more backdrop with, with Luther, he was very much in love with the church. 
that's why he wanted these things to change. Um, I mean, and that's you know probably some of the the he's he and and he's also a very interesting personality as well, at least from you know, what we can gather through the writings and things that were written about from his own writings, things that were written about him. You know, he ebbed and flowed. He had probably had depression, and I think we've addressed that on mm-hmm. some previous. Podcast. Was it true that his wife, her name was Rachel? No. Correct? Uh, what was her Kater, name? Katerina or Katie? Katie. Katie. Yeah. I knew it was like a common name that they called her by. Was it true that she was a a brewer? Yeah. Like made beer? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, well, that was also like, that's how you, that's how you cleansed your water <laughs> back then. Okay. But so, yeah. still, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and he 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 uh, talks he was about the, that. At, at, one at, of the at, first homebrew magicians, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Katie's um, blend. But, but you know, he his life, you know, it goes through these ebbs and flows. And one of them, when when it was kind of a low point, was when the Catholic Church, the Roman Church, actually excommunicated him because he thought. And this is very much a uh, a, a traditional thinking of uh, really of Christians. You, uh, I can't remember which saint or which church father said this, but you cannot have uh, God as your father without the church as your mother. So when Luther was excommunicated, that's what he felt like was happening: was he was being cut off from everything that he knew. Mm-hmm. Now, again, and this is why I talk about the the maturing of that that happened in 1521 but his growth was and his realization and this has to do with the two uh the two big questions of authority and salvation is well what is the church mm-hmm. and and that's really where he he comes at this the the church are are the people of god who've been redeemed by christ jesus tie in our earlier uh conversation the church is the saints of God, those who yep. believe the gospel. Um, and so this really, it, it takes him a while, but you know, he kind of comes to grips with that and realizes it doesn't matter what those in authority have said. We have the gospel, and that makes the church. Mm-hmm. And Because those are some of the other downstream uh, issues that come up with concerning really authority and concerning the, the word of God is, you know, did did the church make the Bible, or did the Bible make the church? And the Lutherans and most, almost all Protestants, will come down and say, no, the the, the Bible made the church. The Word of God Correct. gives birth to the church. Correct. So, um, but yeah, those. Uh, that's just to paint a little more. I mean, Luther. We could spend hours talking about him and, and dissecting of all of his all of his things. But to get to the the two main things, like you said, the first question. That really comes out. What what, what really is uh, eating at Luther? Again, going to his personality, he was he had a very sensitive conscience, mm-hmm. and at the time, uh, you know, it was it weighed very heavily on him. How was he going to be right with God? How how would he stand before a holy God on Judgment Day and not get condemned to hell? And that's really. You look at the, the which events should in his be life. the chief concern of everybody. <laughs> yes, like, it should be. It should be. Like yeah. if, if we think about and, this, and now we know that we've talked about him being a monk previously, right? So was his coming out of the monastic life 
was that prior to the Reformation? Because so, he, he said, I can't do this. Like, I'm instructed to be part of a community, and I've gone away yeah, from that. Yeah, so he, it, uh, it, it's, it's kind of a, kind of a right around the same time okay so he was he was an augustinian monk Mm -hmm. and then he but he became ordained as a as a priest which is kind of a different like a step up or step out he also became a a a a, professor a professor yeah and so of songs uh, well yeah of old testament old testament Testament exegete so all those things kind of were were still a part of him when he posts the 95 Theses, but eventually, uh, and I don't remember, well, ultimately in 1521, when he's excommunicated, he's just, you know, he's no longer anything to the yeah. to the Catholic Church. And I don't remember exactly where he officially, like, leaves the cloister. I guess technically, he officially leaves the cloister when he gets married, because he broke the, the vow of celibacy at that point. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's a different um, topic. So... So yeah, all those things are, are going on in his in his mind, but that's uh, that's part of w- w- one of the things that he reforms, or at least one of the teachings that comes out. And we've talked about this at length on one of our other podcasts. Uh, vocation had this idea because in his mind and in the in the, the teaching at the time of the the Roman Church, it was you you were more holy to God based on what you did for God. So. Your monk or priest, and obviously, like the Pope would be the the most holy. So, but he kind of inverts all that and says, "No, wherever God has placed you, that can be holy for you because God placed you there. He gave you those responsibilities. He gave you those gifts. Moses, take it, off so. your shoes because the ground on which you are standing is holy ground. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. or uh, yeah. It, well, not the same thing, but I, I I go to the the story of the Ark where. Yeah, whatever. Um, sorry, that was that was a, a complete different train of thought there. But yeah, so the and, and this is and everything we and when we think about this. It, Paul talks this way that things are consecrated uh, by the word of God by prayer. Mm-hmm. You yes. know that that things are made holy because of prayer. Um, and so and even when he's talking about even when he's talking in uh, kind of about you know meat sacrifice to idols and stuff like that. He says, you know, those don't matter. Those aren't real. But for the sake of the brother, you know, uh, don't eat meat if it's gonna if it's gonna offend them. But Correct. Paul even recognizes these things are from God, so they're 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 holy in and of themselves because God created them. Time it's back a, to it's the it's the epiphany that Peter has on the roof, right? Right, exactly. With the blanket exactly. coming down, and God says, "What I have commanded you is clean. Don't call unclean." Correct. Right. <laughs> Oh, yep. I love uh, Peter. I, <laughs> let's let's argue with God he's, about what. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> is, he's done Lord, it. He, I he have did it, but never. I have never touched anything. Like, and yep. God's like, hey, I'm kind of the one that gave that law, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, are you gonna? Anyway, well, I'm, it, but, he's he should be used to that. He called. He told Jesus, I, you know, you're not gonna go to the cross, and then Jesus says, not. all right, Satan, get behind me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, whoa. But, but but each of these examples lead to that first question, right? Is who is in authority? Right. And and yep. that is I think I mean ultimately correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe I'm getting them out of order because ultimately salvation is the the most important thing. 
But if that salvation is built on something that is not authoritative, correct, you're incorrect. That's yes. And you, so answering, <laughs> did I did I steal <laughs> no, your thunder? No, 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 no. It was just the way you. I I said, you said, I said correct, and you said that is incorrect. It's just, but yes, what you are saying is correct. <laughs> okay. yeah. Yeah. So like, this is why like as 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 dads and and as as husbands and as Christians, this this Reformation is as relevant today as it was in 1517 because we have to answer that question of authority and who is our authority right which is not something that we necessarily like to think about as prideful men of oh who am i under but the reality is you answer to someone right yeah Uh, i mean we we live in an environment or or we, we work in an environment i should say as in the military where authority is everything the Correct. commander everything stops with the commander Correct. And so you, you you know that's that's your authority but yeah when it gets to the and the authority part and the salvation part are linked together because and this is really this does come out in the 95 theses that if because luther questions if the pope has the authority to forgive sins why doesn't he do that that's really kind of the 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 piercing question that Luther yeah. is getting after um, in those 95 theses because of the of the practice of indulgences so uh, and 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 that's again if 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 our authority is outside because the the contrast to that is the authority as Luther asserts is the word of God and so if the authority is outside of that well then salvation becomes jeopardized because you you have no grounds uh, by which to say it, if it's if it's uh, the structure of the church, if it's a, a particular individual in the church not named Jesus, uh, you know, then then salvation is just all up in the air. And that was that was his big struggle uh, in conscience that led him to all of this. And where it led him was to the word of God, which is ultimately he founded himself on this authority and said, OK, what God says here is over everything, period. And what he says here is that the righteous will live by faith, that uh, we are justified freely for the sake of Christ. And that becomes, and that's where that's where he knew his salvation was then, it, it wasn't on him. It wasn't on his perfection as a monk. It wasn't on anything that he did. It was fa- it, In fact, it was founded on the word of God incarnate, Jesus Christ and all that Christ had done. And so that ties into, well, how do I know this? Because the word of God says it. And that so they they are they are completely intertwined. They 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 are they cannot be separated. And it is the same question that we deal with today. It, and that's exactly what I was going to say is we've been talking and we've referenced it multiple times on on the podcast about the book by Wolfgang Mueller uh has American Christianity failed. And the answer to that question is yes. And the reason why it has <laughs> failed in a lot of ways is because we got the authority question wrong. Yeah. It, it, I mean, if we're just going to call a spade a spade, we have a lot of people and we've got a lot of um, failure that has occurred. Personally, I'm sure we can we, – we're not perfect. But we have – we've taken authority and – made it church constitutions or 
denominational bylaws as opposed to this is what scripture says yeah i i'll take it even a step further go ahead um we've made our authority my feelings correct or my rights desires and that's even that's even worse correct because then i become the arbiter of everything correct and 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 in 2023 that is the battle that we are fighting one because we have oh, man let's just say we get people getting press as men of god who are standing on the wrong authority which then, with a broad paintbrush, paints everybody within a certain belief as no different than them. Right. And the, and the, and a lot of a lot of that stems from the fact that we are not studying to show ourselves approved, a workman who needs not to be ashamed, rightly yeah. dividing the word of truth. Right. That that is the crux of. If you want reformation, if you want, as the Baptists would say, revival, if you want, yeah. you know, change, it has to start with what is your authority. Right. And if that authority is anything other than the creator to whom all glory is deserved, yeah. then your authority is misplaced and you right. will never reach what you are trying to reach. Yeah. Yeah. And that is... And, and to take that into the salvation part of it, if the authority says it is by something you do, hmm. something you feel, or even come on now, even or something you know, you're you're that's wrong. That is because it is again that, that is dependent on us. Now, how you feel, what you know, and and what you do are all affected by this salvation relationship that you have this claiming of this god god putting this claim on you but it is never the reverse never the uh yeah the, the reverse of that like i look at look at god look you can't be you can't not be pleased with me look at all that i've done that's that's the wrong thing hmm. and jesus had a name for people like that <laughs> uh whitewashed yes. tombs yeah. You look really good on the outside, but you are dead inside. Yeah. Yeah. And the 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 other so the other side of that, because and this gets it this gets kind of deep into the, the, the weeds on thinking about how how the church was going at the time. But that was the mentality behind the, the, the Roman church was that you had to work to get to a point where God would approve of you. Uh, yes, um, you know, and 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 it was God's grace that would help you get to that point. But you were never certain of that. Um, and that's that's another. This isn't really an issue in the Reformation, but this is really a, a thing that drives Luther. Is where do we find consolation and comfort? Um, and, and ultimately, that's in the Word of God. But how does that Word of God speak that consolation and comfort? Well, it's not going to say it's not going to come to you in saying, "Do more." Correct. It's going to come to you in saying, "Christ has done enough for you," and that's that's what makes you right. So, but this is, uh, but this is this ties into uh, what, what gets comes 
what is known as also the the, the solas um, in the in the Reformation. Yeah, so I wrote that in our notes, right? Because you did. Okay. I, I did. Like, where is the place for the five solas in in this? Because we, when I learned the five the five solas when I was studying back. You got to understand my my whole walk has been an entire journey, right? <laughs> of um, being a single youth pastor, working at the church, and all I did, like legitimately, all I did was just read and read some more and have conversations with people, and I started realizing. Wait a second. Wait a second. I think Luther's onto something, right? Yeah. So then I start studying the Reformation and John Calvin and all those. Sorry, I didn't mean to use that word because I know that <laughs> it's not a great word around Lutheran circles for you. But these five solas, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, sola deo gloria, yep. to the glory of God alone, right? Sola yep. fide, yep. by faith alone. Sola scriptura, right? By the word of God alone, yep. right? Sola gratia, right? By grace alone. I forget what the fifth one is. What's uh, Solus Christus is the is uh, uh, through Christ, Christ alone. Christ alone for Christ's yeah. sake alone. Yeah. So like, like, why have those gotten like? Why did it take me independently studying on my own in in my circles to be like, hold on a second, these things are important. <laughs> like, yeah. Like why yeah. why and, and again I think that goes back to. We get so, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? We get so, like, schismed within Christendom based on beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not a Lutheran, you're a Lutheran, right? There yep. are things that we do disagree on. Yep. And people have taken that and gone, oh, my church is the authority. Like, and, and mm -hmm. we've divided over that, right? Right, right. As opposed to going, oh, wait a second. No, there is an authority that rules all of them. Right. And has placed us into this universal body yep. of believers and saints that we can celebrate even if we disagree. And yep. so, like, growing up on this journey, like, if I wanted to learn about Martin Luther, I had to learn about it other ways i had yep. people telling me that the first baptist was john the baptist because that's the way that was and it's like <laughs> that's okay. not true right. like i legitimately had a debate with one person a long time ago and i love this person dearly but they told me that the, like the baptist church went back to new testament times and i was right. like that's just factually inaccurate Right. That is not true. Like, the Lutherans don't even claim that. Can yeah. we stop for a second? Yeah. Like, just quit doing stupid things. Yeah. And let's look at our authority, and let's understand what we actually believe. Right. And so that's where the sola scriptura comes in, because Correct. that is what is the authority in the church. Uh, the rule and norm for all faith and life is the way our, our Lutheran confessions talk about it. And that is the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures, the Bible. Um, and so it is on the basis of Scripture alone that we come to these other... Uh, Lutherans honestly only use three solas. The, the two other ones kind of come later. And we wouldn't disagree with them. It was just like not really the... Uh, if, if you look at a Lutheran 
a lot of Lutheran churches have uh, what they call the Luther Rose, and around it, it'll have sola gratia, sola fide, sola scriptura. Um, so those are the three big ones. But of course, those don't happen without Christ alone and uh, for to the, the glory, glory of God. God. Alone. Yeah. yeah. Right. So anyway, so but sola scriptura becomes the big, like, well, that's what we've been talking about. It's the authority. And so, but from there, what is what does Scripture teach? And this is where uh, Luther had to just take uh, the Scripture at 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 its words, it literally at Paul, uh, and more importantly, the Holy Spirit at His word. And this is uh, again going to when he when he read through Romans, when he read through Galatians, um, and, and all the questions that he was having about how do I become right with God, Paul was absolutely clear it's because of christ it's because of christ it's a righteousness by faith and that's where the big uh you know, really the big difference between what is was the catholic church and even still today is the, the catholic church they they will probably give you grace alone but their understanding of grace is that this is something god infuses in you and like fills you up with so yeah but it's still you have to do something right. with it and, and complete it Whereas Lutherans would say, no, 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 it is by faith alone that is simply believing the promise, believing what Christ did in history by his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, that that is sufficient for all of us, for all of our sin, uh, and that in his death he atoned for the sin of the whole world. Uh, that is, and that is received by faith alone. There's, through there's no grace alone through right so and, and that's the other yeah. uh, that's the other side of it is that this is completely a gift yes. it is God's it it is God's choice alone I don't know and, how you could read and maybe this is just me complaining so thanks for the free therapy <laughs> sure but like I don't know how you can read Ephesians 2 yeah all the way through yeah you were dead in your trespasses, trespasses yeah. and were by nature children of wrath like, that's who you are Okay, you're a sinner. We've talked about this. I'm yep. a sinner. He's a sinner. Yep. Like we are sinners, which by nature makes us children of God's wrath, is what Paul writes. Correct. But then the next words, but God, being rich in mercy, mercy. Yep. showed us His glorious grace, and it's by grace you've been saved, not of works. Paraphrasing. So that no, no one man. can boast. Correct. Like, even if that is the only chapter of the Bible that you had ever been exposed to, that's all yeah. you really need to know. Yeah. And, and that is, and, and the thing is, is like, you take that, um, so you were saved uh, by grace through faith from Ephesians 2, 8, 9. This is not of yourselves. You can take that and see that Every person in the entire scripture that was ever redeemed by God saved the exact same way. That Noah, Abraham, by faith. Noah, by faith. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, Moses. And the, the, can we also point out with the story of Noah that just a few verses before Noah's faith, it tells us that every intention of man's heart was evil <laughs> yes. towards God. Which yeah. means that Noah had to be given grace in order to experience the faith that he had. Right. Like, yeah. 
Again, <laughs> can we weave all this together if we take the scripture as our authority? Correct. Exactly. Like, at face value. Yeah. That's why, like, we talk about kids' Bibles and reading with your kids and, and, and making sure you have, like, there was one kid's Bible that talked about Noah being a good man. Yeah. And I edited that part out as I was reading and then told <laughs> Jess, we have to be careful because yeah. Noah was not a good man. Correct. Correct. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> like, let's yeah. please, for the love of everything that is holy, literally, yeah. <laughs> right. please handle Scripture the appropriate way. Right. Yeah, and, and, and you're absolutely right that there is, there is, as Paul says in Romans, there's none, none. who are righteous. No one seeks after God. And he's quoting the Psalms. And literally, and, it's, no one chooses to do good. Correct. Like yeah, it, it's it's impossible. That means everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, and 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 so that means if you do believe in Christ, if you do believe in God, if you do believe yes. His Word, yes. this is His grace to yes. you. Uh, yes. And, and that's yes. yes. Preach. Know, yeah. Uh, and that's that's so uh, another kind of, and I'll just throw this out here because I don't know uh, if you guys define terms or or what. But this was this was helpful in my understanding, and it was also it painted a clearer picture over against kind of Roman Catholicism and, and how they were teaching teaching grace, and how they still really do teach it today. But for the Lutherans, grace is the favor of God on account of Christ, meaning it is it is more of it is not a, a substance necessarily that gets poured into you right. or something it is a status change in the sight of God and that it is his favor because of what Christ did uh, that he does he no longer views you as the object of wrath children of wrath by nature but instead because he sees Christ on you covering you he now sees you as his beloved son and so that is grace and that is only received by faith Mm-hmm. That it that is it is simply trusted that this is God's word to you, for you, and so I I don't know if you guys I know there's we a, just simply define grace as unmerited favor. Okay, yeah, okay, that's yeah, that's good. That's that's at least yeah. I do every time I teach. I'm like, listen, you yeah, yeah, yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is it, well, and and that's that's the whole that's the whole thing is that it it has it 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 it, it creates that delineation of this is all God doing it. It is not. I had nothing to do with it. There's nothing. nothing in me that would that would get him to do this. He simply does it because of what Christ has done. And so, yeah. So, so those are when we think about the three solos. That's that's really how they fit together. It's that God, by His favor alone, for the sake of Christ alone, and that's where the solus Christus comes in. Looks at you and says, "I forgive you all your sin. Yeah, I love you, and I." I promise you, I will be with you in this life, and I will take you. I I, I will give you even a, an even better life to come when my son returns. So that's the you know, and that that is received by faith alone. There's nothing we can do to to earn it or earn it or, and and or work towards right. It's and simply, that's yeah, and and that's huh. 
This is why, I, like, and I, and I had texted you this when we were talking about this earlier, and it's something that I just I feel like I need to keep coming up is this need for a well the title of this the relevant reformation yeah. because the reformation is still very relevant today, but there also needs to be, and I told you this, we need personal reformation. We need ecclesiastical reformation too. Like our 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 churches need to be reformed in a lot of ways, but that's an issue for another time. <laughs> but the reformation that we're going to celebrate on Tuesday, like, needs to be a daily occurrence in our lives of answering these two questions: What is my authority, and where does my salvation come from? Yeah. yeah. And it has to be answered every day. It right. has to be answered every day. And, and and this is and this is really uh, when you get into so uh, one of Luther's and we've talked about. It, I brought it up before on on the uh, on the podcast. But Luther's small catechism is what he writes. And and this is again going towards the more mature Luther. This is fifteen twenty nine, fifteen thirty. So after he's you know a, a lot of stuff has happened. But he talks about in there, in the section on baptism, and granted this is going to be one of our differences, but what he does say is that, and he's, he's basing this off of Romans 6, that baptism means that daily you die to your sin and you rise to new life in Christ. Uh, and he says by daily contrition, that means sorrow over sin, sorrow over our own sinful failures and failing to do what God has given us to do in our vocations. Um, but also recognizing the effects of sin in the world, how this is not, the these things around us are not right, so that by daily sorrow over that, bringing that to God and killing that in the, uh, in the reality that he has made you someone new in Christ and that you rise to live in that daily life. That's, that, that uh, you know, it's daily repentance. The, to go back to the 95 Theses, first Theses in there, which is really, Probably the the one if you want to read that document or pay attention, the first one is the best, um, and that is when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ uh, willed that called us to repent. He willed that our lives be a life of repentance, and so that's this daily dying yes. and rising, and, and it's a daily reformation, reforming, being reformed again by the Word of God. So. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And that's that, that goes to the personal Do side. not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Exactly. Transformed. And and that and that we are being and in that transformation, we are being conformed to the image Correct. of his son. Correct. Uh, so so that's and that's so that's the personal side of it. And then ecclesiastically, well, you get enough people having that personal reformation, that personal repentance. Uh, and and also it's a good thing, really, uh, in, in a sense to have corporate repentance. You know, this is sure. yeah. uh, uh, again going from uh, very traditional uh, liturgical Lutheran style. We begin every service with this confession and absolution, and mm -hmm. that it is understood that yeah, the sinful world is the sinful world, and our only hope is Christ, and we contribute to that that sinful. The sinfulness, whether we realize it or not, and it will only be when Christ returns that that's completely removed. So it's always a reminder to us: Yep, we're not there yet, but by the Word of God, 
we are going to keep going down this path that he has guided us to. So ecclesiastically, that's the, the, the same thing that happens. When you return to the word of God, when you return to it in its truth and in its purity, you realize, yep, we are a bunch of literally damnable sinners. God in his mercy has said, nope, I'm going to save you. Correct. Now, how do we live from there? Correct. Oh. <laughs> it's Luke yeah. nine twenty three. I, if any man wants to follow me, yeah, he must deny himself daily. Yep, take up his cross and follow me. Right. And as you celebrate All Hallows Eve or Reformation, <laughs> Reformation Day, Day, that's right. Remember that what happened five hundred and six years ago is as relevant today and not even as relevant today needs demands to be relevant today yep. because it's based on authority and where salvation is given from and as husbands and as dads and as Christians all Christians regardless of your gender we have to remember our authority comes from Scripture alone, the inspired Word of God that tells us that our sins are bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. We might have there, 95 problems, but Romans 8, 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This has been the Two Chaps Pod. Make sure that Reformation stays relevant on a daily basis. We will be back with you next week. If you haven't had a chance yet, make sure you like and subscribe over on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. He's Coleman. I am AJ. We will see you next week. And as always, remember what, Coleman? Stay uncultured. We'll see you all next week. Whew. Man, I could talk about this for hours. Yes. Yeah. So I, 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 was, I was thinking about bringing up this story in the... Uh, you were talking about how you know you had to go out and find some of this stuff on your own. So I wore this shirt last Halloween when we mm -hmm. took the, the kids around, and stopped by this house, and it was a, a a Christian family, and they were like, "What is your, what is your shirt?" And they goes, and I was like, "Oh, it, you know," they, they were looking at it. And I go, "I know Romans eight one. That's a, therefore there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But who is that guy, and what what is that talking about?" And I was like, "Oh." Do you know who Martin Luther is? Uh, kind of. I was like, all right, well, we don't have we don't have enough time for this. But Luther posted ninety five theses in protest against the the Catholic Church to try to reform it, and this is kind of a play on that. He posted ninety five issues, um, and it, it's you know, but now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So, you know, that's that's really it was this change of. How do we know that we're saved? Well, because Christ has done it all for us and that type of stuff. So anyways, but it was just, it was, it was so interesting because she, she knew her Bible. She like, she was quoting verses, but had no concept that this is like, this is a huge part of, of your history. Like you probably, you probably. I'm telling you, and I don't know <laughs> if it was my own like failure in my undergraduate or what, but like just. 
the the area if you want like just the the thought not even thought but the whole practice of like church history the discipline of church history it's my weakest point never really taught it never really thought about much like well and that's i, I mean that tends to be and I, and I really think when uh you're talking about has american christianity failed um that is i i, I think not I, I don't know if there's necessarily there could be some tie-in that it's actually legitimately negligent of it but i also think that there's a because of this lack of where do we come from how did we get to where we are that that gets a lot of wild ideas going mm-hmm. um, and and i while anyone with a bible can come to the knowledge of truth and salvation um there's also the sense of well we don't want to we don't want to read into the bible things that aren't there and the best way to do that is to say well how has this been understood throughout church history um and that's you know and, and that's that's really when we think about the word of god as the authority then what luther did so luther was reading romans and that's where he, he has his what they call the tower moment and stuff then he he goes back through all the scriptures that he, he could think of and like it's like oh this is it this is it this is the gospel it is it is by faith alone and then he goes well wait a second has the church ever taught that and then he starts going back through all the church fathers and starts pulling out all these quotes it's like oh there it is there it is there it is uh, and so you know that's that's the same type of thing of we have to know uh, how we received what we received uh, and, and because really not because that 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 makes us right or wrong it, it can but really because that gives us assurance that the Christians who well the 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 apostles they believe this and that the the people that receive the apostles message they believe this and the people that the next generation after them they believe this and that so we have this to tie it to all saints day this whole host of witnesses that attest to this and well say, and it's a fulfillment of what peter said in first second uh, peter one Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And Like, if you had a new idea that's not confirmed throughout church history, guess what? It's not authoritative. Right. Which, back to the previous point, is part of the problem with American Christianity. Oh, I got this word from God. Right. Right. Do you, though? Do you, though? Or are you being influenced by something else? Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge... Man, I... But also pair that with, and this is going to sound elitist, and I don't mean for it to, it's going to sound incredibly arrogant, and I do not mean for it to, but I don't know any other way to say it. But when you have very uninformed, in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. congregants, 
their ears get tickled. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that gets to the the word of God is the authority. And so it is it is the the, the Bible is not an incantation book. It's not a um it's not it's not even a self-help book, which no. is really how most people Correct. Think of it. And it is God's living word yes. to us. Mm-hmm. And it is all centered around Jesus Christ. Yes. So if that connection is severed because of, uh, oh, God told me this, and then I'll just find something to back it up, or I need to, and this is a huge one that's going on right now, uh, there are events happening in the world, oh, wait, that sounds like this in Revelation, and you're just like, Come on, guys. Let's take a step back. I was talking to someone the other day, and they're like, yeah, everybody's talking about this prophecy. I said, listen, (laughs) let me just be very honest with you. The fact that this is happening is proof that the prophecy is not happening. I'll tell you why. Because they're still at war. Now, somebody comes up and creates peace in that area. Now we're having a different conversation. So, the, um, and Wolf Mueller uh, did a video on this. And he's got a little article as well on that and uh, on on kind of how to respond to people and thinking about this. Uh, and it's worth it's I'll send it to you. It's worth checking out. And the thing that I really liked that he said was, okay, all all prophecies are fulfilled in Christ. There's only one. That hasn't been fulfilled yet. That's his return. So, you know, and and there's nothing else that needs to happen for him to return. He can return at any moment, any time, because it, 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 because that's what he says. I, I will, I will and come. arguably, those that have propagated all this end times hoopla throughout this last however many decades they have just they're they're no different than be very (laughs) careful here yeah i can say it it's not very different than the mayan saying that the world was going to end in 2012 yeah in a lot of ways i agree i agree you know what i mean like because what you're all oh you got the 70 weeks of daniel and all the And 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 this references America. Like America is not referenced in the Bible. I don't know uh, what type of mental gymnastics. Yeah. But if somebody is telling you that this picture right here is like that is not correct. Yeah. And you need to stop listening to them immediately. I was actually contacted by my Sunday school teacher Saturday when we got back from Muskegon, and he was like, hey, um, I can't stop thinking about this, and I want you to help me with it, but we need to address what's going on in Israel because I'm seeing a lot of social media posts about wacky stuff, and we need to teach them, like, what's the history of the conflict through biblical times? Like, what is the prophecy and all this? Like, I said, that's fine. I will gladly help you teach that because 
I said, I yeah, I will gladly help you teach that because people need to know, like, no. Right. No. Stop. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. know how to say it without being some arrogant like know it all, well, but I, I like I'm it, it's just what like can we not Maybe this is a wrong way to say it, but can we not hypothesize the Bible? No, I th- I think that's a good way to say. You know it. what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we like but, Scripture is God breathed and it is true. There's no reason to create hypotheses outside right. of what Scripture actually says. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. And this gets back, well, that gets kind of, that's interesting to, to hear you to say it that way because my, immediately my mind goes to what was going on in the Reformation. And that was that the Word of God could not be on its own. It needed the Pope and the teaching magisterium to right. tell what it was. And not only that, but that the Pope and the teaching magisterium had authority equal to. So whatever they dictated Right. Was, was that so? And yeah. in a way, in my circles, in a way, we have kind <laughs> of created that same type of. It's almost. I don't even know how to really explain it other than to say, like, we've compartmentalized the scriptures instead of it being, you know, one entire story of redemption which is what it is right and doctrine being derived from that we've gone nope this is the section about prophecy yeah this is the section about this this is the section about this and they all hold equal weight and it's like no 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 that's why i tell everybody like (laughs) when we i oh last year we we did the the first three chapters of revelation Seven churches. And I told you, I said, I started the study by saying, do not ask me a question about the end times. I will not answer a question about the end times. You know why? Because regardless of what you have been taught, I do not believe there is enough scriptural evidence to say this is exactly how it's going to happen. Right. And I will not stand on that. So do not ask me a question. I will not answer it. And if you ask me a question, I will say, I'm not answering that because I will not answer it. (laughs) Yeah. And I told him in that study, listen, or no, when I when I did the doctrine study after that and we did the doctrine of last things, I was like, listen, I'm not going to give you a position and I'm not going to tell you our church believes in a pre-tribulation rapture. Guess what? I firmly, something within my gut, I don't know <laughs> if that's discernment or the whole, and I didn't tell them this. I'm telling yeah. you this. Right. I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit or discernment or what. I feel like pre-tribulation was an American Christian creation yeah. to avoid suffering. Ooh, it's a hypothesis. That's well, but no, I well, I, I agree with the first part completely that it was a uh, an American creation. That this was, I mean, this is the the dispensational idea I, and mm-hmm. all that. Um, yeah, that, I, that when I had. To, I had a class in college called dispensationalism. Yeah, as a Baptist, because you know, good Baptists are dispensationalists, and I was like, 
No, not me. Yeah. This yeah. is crazy. Like this, <laughs> this is stupid. Yeah. Oh. And then somebody's like, "You should look at covenant theology." I was like, "Okay. Oh, yeah. that makes sense." Yeah. Yeah. Covenant, covenant, covenant. Oh. Covenant. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a lot. That that makes a lot more sense. And this is the dispensation of Adam, and right. this is the dispensation of Noah, and right. this is the dispensation of whatever. And I'm yeah. like, no, that's dumb. That's yeah. the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That, but and, Charles Ryrie. Yeah, and interestingly, that dispensational stuff actually sounds. This is gonna. This is gonna be. I don't know if this will get. Oh, my ooh. camera went out. Uh, I keep talking. We're good. Uh, I don't know if this will get. You know, there we go. Hate mail or whatever. But the dispensational stuff sounds actually Muslim, like because Islam—that's how they think about how God works, and that Jesus. I was not. have never made that connection. Yeah, um, but I'm telling you, I, I firmly believe. Uh, I'm not gonna say firmly believe, but I am hypothesizing in my mind, and at some point, I'm going to come to a conclusion on this. I really think that the idea of a pre-tribulation rapture is an avoidance of suffering because yeah. it conflicts with the American dream. Yeah. I I definitely agree with that. That the, like that's a problem. And, and and that gets back to the the authority thing. Correct. That it is we have we have said our our emotions ultimately but our our peace our well our american dream the you know life liberty and the pursuit of happiness correct that has become our our authority our gospel yeah yeah ooh yeah that's even better <laughs> I, I, that's uh, another book that's in the back of my mind i told you uh, about right did i tell you about that one uh Maybe. Writing a writing a history of the American dream, but the title of the book is The Gospel Versus the American Dream. And so it would be, this is the American dream, and this is how the gospel and the American dream are not <laughs> yeah. simpatico. Yeah. I got to stop telling everybody my book ideas on the podcast. So, right. so I'm going to... Somebody else is going to pick it up right We're going to stop the recording <laughs> so we can talk about more book ideas. No. For those of you that have stuck around, we appreciate the conversation. Hopefully you do too. Make sure you have shared this uh, everywhere you can. Like and subscribe to the Two Chefs Pod on Spotify and Apple and Google Podcast. We'll see you all next week and stay uncultured. Hey everybody, just want to thank you once again for spending some time with the Two Chaps Pod today. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you've liked and subscribed to our channel. Pound that bell for notifications so you can be notified when our latest content drops. If you're on social media, we are all over the place, including the brand new threads from Meta. And I do want to remind you, for longer content, including pre-show and post-show audio, make sure you've subscribed on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the Two Chaps Pod. And until then, stay uncultured.